Yeah, we can talk about whatever you guys want. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I got sung to by an accordion man recently. Really? He was at a show and he had a big uh, accordion that said Shalom on it because I think that was his name because he also had a leather jacket that said Shalom on it. Cool. Yeah, he was really fucking cool. And he kept asking, he would ask me people's names and then he would accost them with a song that included their name. <laughs> uh, and he had kind of one rhyme, which was um, that people would take other people to Miami. So then he's saying to my friend Maddie, 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 she will take you to Miami. <laughs> and that was kind of the whole thing. And then I tipped him. All right. So, so it was, so it was a, a worthwhile gambit then. Yeah. I think uh, you can make a lot of money if you are an accordionist um, by playing for people until they pay you to go away. It's, I don't know, it's not just something getting the idea of like, um, almost not quite, actually, no, I took it back. This would fit for like a Weird Al thing of like an update of a Piano Man, only it's, um, it's, you know, how do you go, you know, go away from us, Mr. Accordion Man or something. I don't know. Uh, somebody call Weird Al. <laughs> Get Weird Al on the line. We have, I really liked like, the, oh, I've never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked the semi-recent Weird Al, uh, when he did Royals by Lord, he did Foil, and the song was about aluminum foil and building an aluminum foil hat, and I don't know, this just makes me think of Jake. That's fun. Yeah, it was good. That's the that's the fun of Weird Al. Like, he's, he's one of those things that- He's still going. Yeah, he's perennially there for- at least two, at least two generations of twelve-year-olds. <laughs> Recently, yeah, he's radicalizing tweens right now. Jonah Ray did a weird, like a cover, an album covering Weird Al songs. And um, people Why? got really pissed off about it because, like, I guess, I guess people were like, "If you cover a Weird Al song, it's a cover of a cover. It doesn't make any sense." And he was like, "That's the joke." No one seemed to get that he was doing very heady meta stuff. Did he do? Did he do one more I minute? Did he do what? Did he do one more minute? Which is the... I don't know. That's an original. Yeah. That's like my favorite Weird Al song. Probably not. He probably just did the no. parody ones, cause, or, else, or else it wouldn't be funny, Jake. <laughs> I, don't ask me. Yeah. I think he did Amish Paradise as like a, a, a pop punk song. Nice. That's... Look, I love pop punk, but that's too much. You don't need to be doing pop punk covers of Weird Al. <laughs> you can just do pop punk covers of literally anything else. Yeah. And you are joining us for yet another episode of Giving the Mic to the Wrong Person. Hello, folks out there in the viewing audience, uh, listening to our scintillating conversation here on a very, very end of, of summer day here on the, on the, on the West Coast. Uh, I'm your host, Jeremy, joined by, uh, new friends and olds, uh, for just another, another chat day. Um, co-piloting today, uh, is, uh, my erstwhile, uh, co-pilot, co-host. Would you introduce yourself to the viewing audience? I'm Jacob. I'm here because other people couldn't be here. And that's why we value him. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yes, and uh, and folks on the and we're joined by two other um, the Joker People? and Harley People. Quinn of podcasting. <laughs> Daddy's little monster. I'm Harley Quinn. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Damaged. I, uh, how um God how how would. How the fuck are, um, assuming no one has seen the film yet, I'm getting like, how bad is the, are they going to work in some sort of like oblique reference to like, oh, it's, hey, it's, it's your new doctor, Dr. Harleen Quinzel, and like the very, like, uh, like the, like the, the, the stinger in the new fucking joke man movie. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> I don't, I know who Harley Quinn is, but, uh, I think, I think I agree with you. I agree with you. I think I follow, but I don't know. It looks like they're, uh, they're leaning more into the weird Scorsese king of comedy direction. It looks like it's its own thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a contrarian here. I kind of want to watch this movie. I don't know if I want to watch it because it looks good, but something is made, uh, drawing me to this movie. I have to know. What is it you have to know? It's <laughs> just what the fuck is going on with this movie. I don't know. <laughs> that's Yeah, all right. That's a pretty effective marketing tactic. What the fuck's going on here? Guess I'll have to watch it. I don't know whether this is good or bad. Too but complicated. I must see it. Just for, if nothing else, just for the, just for the Marin scenes, yeah. 
as he as he is as Marin does play the uh, the comedy I was it icon mentor of uh, of of the guy in the film. Yeah. Wait. Okay. Is there a movie where the Joker is a comedian? This is that movie. Yeah, I guess I'll have to see it. Right. Yeah. It's they're fucked us. We have yeah. to see it. <laughs> This is going to be like when I never watched Nanette and everybody wanted to ask me about Nanette and I did not care and yeah. everybody had a fucking... And everyone's no, going to ask me about this Joker thing. This is how you sell media now. It's not entertainment. It's homework for yeah. a fight you're going to have later on. <laughs> with your relatives or people you don't talk to anymore but are in touch with online. Yeah. And as uh, Red Letter Media pointed out, you know, after, and you, but the only way you can see, you'll be able to see each little, um, each little um, thing that you now have to like pick a fight over, each little battle space, you'll have to shell out, shell out another ten to twenty dollars for it because they're all going to get shunted into their own respective uh, streaming surfaces. That's correct. Cut that cord. Subscribe to Means TV. <laughs> there we go. Well, I mean, it's a smart move, right? Because this is riffing on. The kings of comedy is it king or kings i never it's king. a uh, king of comedy kings of comedy was uh Different. bernie Mac, cedric the entertainer steve harvey and someone else i feel like that's a spiritual uh, influence but not like a full one yeah the joker movie is a spiritual sequel to the kings of comedy it would be so funny if that was like the next joker was <laughs> the steve harvey joker <laughs> it was both a diversity thing and also just insane <laughs> He's just yeah. The entertainer already sounds like a villain. Do you know how I got this mustache? <laughs> C- cut to Family Feud reaction clips. <laughs> so yeah, and, and he also and he then has to go on the game show, you know, as uh, in full <laughs> uh, in full Joker paint. Also oh, the fourth yeah. the fourth person in the because we did uh, my buddy and I did see this at the theater. The fourth the fourth king of comedy was of course Dale Hughley. And joining oh, right. joining and how can I forget DL Hughley? Yeah, <laughs> on the other end of the line, uh, joining us from um, uh, from the pl- uh, from that place where actually no, I'd say you're not entire, you're not technically the place. We're in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, it's not the, that's not the source of all the people who come uh, that we who come up to Portland and we we think ruin it. But um, yeah, you're on there. If you would, uh, folks from uh, folks from uh, way down south, can you introduce yourselves? I'm Sarah June. I'm Jake Flores. Jake lives in New York. This is true. I'm everywhere. Jake lives in New York, but he ruins the rest of the country constantly by appearing to do shows. I'm in the winds like Omar. (laughs) Omar's in the winds? That's what they always said when he was just like out. Uh You didn't know where he was? He's in the winds. Oh, I thought you meant Ilhan. Oh, like (laughs) Ilhan uh, Omar Little. (laughs) How about that character, huh? That's pretty good. Twitter? That's, yeah. (laughs) That's what they say. You know, Ilhan's coming. Yeah. (laughs) She's whistling as she walks into Congress or some shit. But yeah, and and, and wanted, anyway, wanted to have you on because you are coming up here on your what I guess Pacific North, uh, Pacific North, Pac Northwest swing of this, uh, I don't know, tour, I guess. Yeah, we're doing a little West Coast tour starting in Los Angeles tomorrow, I guess, technically. And then uh, going to the Bay Area, we have Santa Cruz, San Francisco, Oakland, um, Arcata, that's in Humboldt County. And then we'll be coming up to Portland and Seattle. Are you guys here to talk Olympia about too. health car? Try it again. Are you guys here to talk about health care? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm also tall and I wear a bandana. Yeah, we're Tim Faust, both <laughs> of us. <laughs> Uh, you found out our secret. I uh, I don't think we're equipped to really do that, but there will be like DSA chapters tabling some of these shows, stuff like that. Yeah, we were trying to get a show together in Salem for their for a DSA chapter, but it didn't work out. One show we are doing in Portland actually is um, a fundraiser for an anarchist collective that uh, that lost their space. They're like an info shop and community center, so we're raising money so they can pay rent somewhere. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's a good praxis. <laughs> yes. Do you remember which which uh, which collective it is? It is called the Anaris Collective. It's um, or it's called Firebrand. It's collective. called Firebrand Collective, and I think Anaris was the space or something. Yeah. It's anarchists. There's a lot of names. They got a lot of names. Don't on. label them, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and I uh, and I should say this is not an official uh, DSA uh, Portland show, but I'm a <clears> member, <throat> and a hel- <laughs> as well as like half the other co-hosts are too, who aren't here today, and half the st- and the majority of stuff. I mean, shit. We recorded. We recorded a thing on like health justice with Tim and a bunch of other local like activists like last hell last week and then um 
a couple actually, and then the following night, recording with a with a, a friend and, and some other DSA folks and Ben Bird just to talk about the X Files. What the fuck? Yeah. What, what the, the fuck? I didn't get the invite to that. What? The, well, I, it was trust me, it was a full studio. Ugh. Wasn't that my idea? Uh, no, it was uh, Candy's. Yeah. But um, anyway, wanted to have you on here uh, <laughs> for I don't know. Uh, Let's, let's just call it, I don't know, a um, just to kind of like help preview your, <laughs> I guess it is kind of a good sense of uh, of, of the stuff you're doing, because you're doing, what, two nights of shows in Portland coming up on the... Yeah, that's the only place we have two shows, the 13th and 14th of September. Gotcha. Got it. I'm going to have to actually like, get get this thing out in, in a prompt of time. That's... I don't know if I can... Oh, yeah. I don't know if I'm even up to that task, but we'll, I guess we'll find out. Um but wanted to talk to you today because a I thought it'd be funny, uh, b uh, you know give support where I could, and but it's also I wanted to just ch- uh, talk about a couple you know a bunch of different topics like everything from stuff about our you know our modern our well I would say our hyper modern media environment that it, that because le- uh, because uh, left pods are a thing now that much like much like zines and blogs and punk bands everybody has one and totally yeah and if we could, a little bit about means tv because i don't think everyone knows about that yet and i think they're i think they're fun their like second fundraiser is still going on with their fundraiser they're still uh, we're still accepting donations um but yeah we had a fundraiser which was like 10 weeks of uh videos so yeah probably what most people have seen is the explainer stuff Another beautiful day under capitalism. The greatest, most functional economic system that's ever existed. (laughs) Is there crude oil in this? Oh, no, it's just lead. It's fine. Don't worry. Went out on YouTube, Instagram, and stuff. Um, Yeah, so we had some explainers. We had uh, Tim in one. We had a lot of people in Detroit. Um, And then we did some cool kind of little mini documentary things with the Trillbillies. Um... So yeah, so now we're uh, raising money and uh, making our actual first round of programming. So a lot of people during the fundraiser subscribed to a streaming platform that does not yet exist, uh, which was extremely nice of them. And boy, oh boy, do we appreciate you. Uh, but yeah, the platform is coming out in 2020, so we're making all the stuff that's going to go on there. And I believe, Jake, you too, you and you and your, you and one of your co-hosts, and I believe your recording space, unfortunately not your cat, were in one of the videos where, uh, where you're not... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, me and Anders Lee and uh, the Meets TV kids made a short about Venezuela where we played Vice Douchebags. It was pretty fun. Why do you support internationally recognized president of Venezuela, Juan Guaido? He's best friends with my dad, and I've known him since I was a little kid. He's always been around. He's so funny. Um, I actually think he's my godfather. I'm just tired of seeing so much discrimination in Venezuela against POWs. Prisoners of war? No. People of wealth. Is that your apartment? Is that my apartment, yeah. Wow. I, I did notice the um, I, uh, full um, full confession. Yeah, I, um, I, I contributed to the yet-to-exist streaming service. Nice. Uh, as I am a... Um, I, want, I can't think of uh, because I mean, I mean hell I'm a I'm an, I'm an engineer not a who's only taken a couple of improv classes I'm not a stand up so I can't I'm not witty enough to come up with a pun on a friend of the pod yet because that has that still has uh, some pretty pejorative implica- uh <laughs> <laughs> but listen you know it's like I've been on a Patreon subscriber for I don't know I don't know almost a year now whatever it was of of means of uh, not well not just of me well uh, I've of means, but also of uh, of P- of Pod Damn America too. So. Uh, oh, thank you. Excellent. So I have heard descript- that was the thing that was like kind of like oh wow. So this is you know, I've only heard the uh, the apartment described in sound. <laughs> yeah, soundscapes. It's like the fifth character on our show or whatever. It's uh you know it's like one of those movies where New York is the main character. Wow, your apartment is a lot like Friends. Uh huh. <laughs> it's problematic. <laughs> um, Full of gay panic. Uh huh. Enemy of the pod crossed my mind at one point, but honestly, this thing where we're spoofing Pod Save America, it got old after a while. It's a bit that kind of got worn out. I don't really want to (laughs) even... I like your intro, though. I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That speech bit, you know, I think Pod Damn America would, would seem cornier if not supported by that excellent theme speech. positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes 
passes a three-strike law and then wants us to sing God bless America? No, no, no. Not God bless America. God damn America. True. I, I agree with... Uh, yeah, I, I agree Because nobody with says goddamn America outside of that, but that guy really says it a lot, a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm definitely glad with that uh, we went with the good Reverend uh, Jeremiah Wright and uh, also Brother Kong in that uh, intro. But, um, but yeah, I, <laughs> I thought about Enemy of the Pod shirts, and I was like, this is fun. All right. This would be a bit much. Let's just go into skull and rat territory with our shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Which I do have shirts, by the way. If anyone is coming to a show and you want a shirt, I have some Left Coast shirts too uh, that I will be selling. I also have bandanas I made for merch, which I'm pretty excited about. Sweet. Um, if there are any anybody was going uh, as Tim Faust for Halloween, <laughs> and you need the headpiece, awesome. So if if folks wanted to contr- uh, wanted to contribute to Means TV, where where should they go? You should go to the uh, Means TV. Uh, like website <laughs> the like website uh you can go to the means tv twitter you can go to the instagram you could go to the website which is means.media and uh there are lots and lots of links to how you can subscribe or donate a, a one-time amount if you don't want to be a monthly subscriber um although that helps us a lot uh yeah you can just give some money um i would say yeah go to the youtube uh, watch the stuff if you like it uh give us some money to make more and there you go one of, uh, one of the things that I did want to talk about is like bo- uh, both of you either do or did have your own regular like kind of like uh, podcast too. Can you um, can you get into can you just do a quick little subs- uh, subscription? What the hell am I talking about? I guess it was a podcast a description. That's the word mm. of uh, like, you know, how would you how would you pitch uh, what your show is slash was Jake, since you have a podcast, why don't you start? <laughs> um, yeah. OK, uh, so I for me. It sort of came together organically, but my idea of what I want, what I wanted to do, at least specifically with my podcast, was to essentially just use it as a very broad platform. So uh, for a lot of people, especially people that are like us, that have been sort of brainwashed by years of... uh, Liberal uh, propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, pursuing success in the entertainment industry, um, I think people... Th- People tend to think uh, when they make media that it needs to be hyper-specific and formulaic. You need to have an elevator pitch, that sort of thing. Um, so a lot of podcasts are like that. There are a lot of podcasts where you can explain it in a couple of sentences. They do this, and then they do this every single time. I went in the other direction with that, um, essentially because... You know, I am sort of an outsider in like the corner of weird ass entertainment that I'm even in. And so like, you know, I don't have like a lot of professional representation and stuff like that, but I have a lot of online followers. So kind of what I did with my show was, you know, I took everyone that follows me because they like my point of view and then went, hey, you know, if you... Why don't you listen to me talk? If you well, if you enjoy reading shit that I put out or like listening to me do stand up, there's just a general smattering of all that on this show, you know. So um, it's like, and part of that is it's a gumbo, a delicious gumbo. Yeah, pod. (laughs) And I think also like podcasts are sort of like they're parasocial in a sense, like they are about the people. But it's you do this thing where if, if you like a show, you you've listened to it and you trust the person's point of view enough to where like, like I'll give you an example. I really like last podcast on the left, which is just this podcast about like serial killers and horror and stuff and and, uh, and horror and things like that. Um, and a cult bullshit or whatever. Um, but like the reason I like it is because like, you know, when I'm like going to work or, or working or like doing whatever various things that you do when you listen to podcasts, I kind of just know like those people's sense of humor and point of view and I know what I'm going to get, you know? So I thought about that when I made this show and was kind of like, all right, well, if I've already got like a lot of people that know me online in that way, then for me, I can work through it. Um, I can work with that in mind or whatever. And uh, it helped me a lot because I also have like, you know, information and opinions that I'm trying to get out there. I am on some level making propaganda for things that I want to, you know, see enacted in the world. Um, but instead of having to like pitch an opinion piece to an editor or something like that, I just took advantage of the fact that we, I went viral and got a lot of people, you know, subscribing to my stuff 
and decided, you know, instead of instead of pitching to to some editor and having my point of view narrowed down or censored in some way or whatever or pared down, you know, I could just use this 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 little megaphone instead. So I, I don't know. Ideal ideologically, I'm that's kind of where I am with it. I, it's, it's very much reminiscent to me of just having like a zine like twenty years ago. Oh yeah. Yeah, for real. No, that's that's been my uh, my comparison to it is podcasting is like um, it's a mix of like zines and like a live journal or like your own punk band or um, a blog and or you know mixed in with some CB radio or you know I don't know college radio or something. Yeah, it's it's kind of all of that kind of blended together in a form that shows up on your phone on a semi regular basis. Yeah, and it's like, you know, if you were somebody who made, like, an anarchist zine 20 years ago, you know, it would be kind of the same concept. Like, it didn't wouldn't necessarily have to have the same thing every time you made it. You think of a fucking funny comic strip, you might put it in there. Uh, you have some, you know, crazy manifesto point you want to make, you could put that in a part of it, too, you know? But, it, but it's a big hodgepodge, and, like, there might be recurring bits, but the point of it is the point of view and, like, the sense of humor, you know? Right. Uh, Sarajun, can you talk about yours? Because I would think, I think I first heard yours when I was, was subscribing to, like, a flurry of, uh, like, much more uh, leftist stuff in the last, it started at least, like, three, well, I mean, it started for everybody, like, three years ago, but in the last, like, two, three years, I think that's how I found, like, how I found, uh, how I found yours. Um, yeah, I used to do this podcast called Left Coast. Um, that was from about 2017 to like mid mid last year, 2018. Um, yeah, uh, that was a podcast that I hosted with Josh Androsky about um, leftist stuff on uh, usually specifically on the West Coast because we're both from California. So um, yeah, we just wanted to uh, we you know a lot of the podcasts came out in New York. There weren't a whole lot of good left podcasts coming out of uh, our side of the country, and you know L.A. being also such a huge, huge, huge DSA chapter. Um, we uh, we had a you know we met a lot of really great organizers and and wanted to kind of talk through the basics for people who do not read enough magazines to understand what a lot of um, New York media podcasts are about. Yeah, I think ours was we and yeah, we had a similar movement too where it was kind of like I started mine summer of 2016 just to talk about cuz I got angry at like how every every show that we, every uh, that was ostensibly about like here's what you know, here's what being a nerd or being a geek is about. You can only talk about four things. Yeah. And um and if you know that just so happened to be properties that were all owned by multinational media megacorps that are mm-hmm. shockingly gobbling each other up, and, but anything, yeah. <laughs> anything else outside of that is just uh, I think something like um, I think it was one of the one of the hosts of Pro, uh, Andy Wood, uh, uh, former Portland stand-up who also uh, ran helped run the the late lamented Bridgetown Comedy Fest. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. For a couple of years, he mentioned on his own show, his own show, one of the other shows that like. He waited, so wait, uh, talking about, hey, wait a minute, why is it being a geek? You know, you can't tell. You know, it's like when I was a kid, I was a nerdy kid who was really into origami. Why can't we talk about that? And yeah. started it by that, and then like around after radicalizing through 2016, and then like in early 2017, I kind of changed the focus of the show. So, yeah, East Coast. So you started it as like an origami podcast. Uh, not, not, not specifically. Although we did talk about the, the, um, the very first episode we ever talked about was, uh, I just had it was the thing you have your friends on talk about the shit they're into. We talked about, um, fictional portrayals of paranormal investigators. The first episode. Oh, I like that. The second episode was about uh, being an American fan of British television, and I think the third episode was about the history of the game Go. Because a buddy of mine was oh, the nice. um, was a uh, buddy of mine is the president of the Oregon the Oregon chapter of like Go players, and that was one that actually was starting fun. getting downloaded by you know from like a lot of downloads from like South Korea and Singapore and all over, <laughs> and it just kind of went from their rules. But Jacob, you had something. East Coast podcasts talk about bodegas too much. I can't identify with that. Yeah, we got to bring it back <laughs> to Seven Elevens, uh, Uncle Sebs. Guilty as charged. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, we ended up. One thing that I um, liked about uh, doing our podcast was um, because of California and Oregon and Washington. You know, one thing that kind of had frustrated me about podcasts that covered lefty stuff um, being on the East Coast is that none of them talked about legalization at all, which was a huge thing that's been happening. And you know, I mean, for a very long time, but particularly in the last few years. Yeah. 
um, with medical legalization it has been was earliest on the west coast and then um, recreational as well and and that opened itself up to like uh, a whole new wave of exploitation for our beautiful state um, you know the legalization meant that uh, venture capital was now in weed and is now building like these you know uh, just buying up huge portions of land in the central valley which is already sinking because of our drought because of our big agriculture like there's just a lot of fucking agricultural political issues that um, are a huge deal here and are like on our minds pretty much every day, uh, not least because they contribute to our um, extremely bad weather patterns uh, that the East Coast just doesn't ever get into at all. And I was sick about of hearing about blizzards. <laughs> I uh... I don't need to hear any more about blizzards or hurricanes. I just want to hear about earthquakes and fires, please. I definitely, uh, because we're Brooklyn podcasters, unfortunately, we are a little bit limited in, in our scope of things sometimes but one way i have been able to fix that is by taking all my recording equipment with me when i go on tour because i do travel around the country quite a bit and uh that's actually been really cool that's been a really a really cool way to solve you know any of these problems and also get like this big broad picture of just the whole fucking country it's also why comedians make better podcasters i think because they have to travel and meet other people from other places yeah you kind of as a result you have a better more interesting network kind of built into it yeah you have a network like indie rock style you also have a little anthropologist hat you put on where you try to understand different places and different groups of people and stuff and um you just find yourself in weird places where you know i don't know uh these big you know titans of leftist podcasting may never go for instance i was in um pig farm we're going to a pig farm on this run that's fucking crazy. We're going to a pig and chicken farm. It's sustainable. I uh, was doing some weird shows through the swampy Louisiana part of the country last time I was out, and I happened to meet fucking socialists that live in, like, Lafayette, which is, you know, background scenes from True Detective, basically. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but they're fucking cool as hell, and, you know, they, we sat down and we talked about stuff, and I learned all this crazy stuff about... Um, you know, police problems and stuff there, and uh, you know, we made good content out of it. And these guys, by the way, most Cajun names I've ever heard. If you get a chance, if you're in that part of the country, go check out Joey Thibodeau and Charles Thomas Fadrine. Of course, you met a Thibodeau. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you met a Thibodeau. <laughs> but I really like valued that experience because on that run, I just you know I talked to people there, and then I talked to people in the Southwest, and I talked to people in California. I came back home, and I was like. You know, wow, this uh, this big fucking country that we're all living in and uh, unfortunately together, you know, uh, um, I don't know. You just you feel a little bit better about it when you can get a big, broad picture of it. And when you can talk to people in different places that all have. I don't know. Uh, everyone having similar problems is kind of nice because then you're like, oh, this is what people care about. Yeah, and that's where the solidarity comes from. Yeah. You know? And then also hearing about people's all different problems is a nice way to remind yourself that um, you don't necessarily know the best way to solve every political problem immediately, which I think is a mindset that you get into when you spend too much time in media. Yeah, and also people in New York and L.A. tend to do this thing where they say, I am not in a bubble. I'm the most not in a bubble person ever because like, I live in this diverse place. But the thing is, I... I firmly believe that the, we're all just... You cannot not be in a bubble. It's just different bubbles. It's the only way to... They're called regions. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's called it's, regionalism. It's, like, impossible to not be that. It's like when people think they don't have an accent, but they really just have a strong California accent. Yeah. Um, You've convinced me. I've decided to become a comedian. Okay. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> oh, no. Don't watch the Joker movie. <laughs> no, I, like, I learned it from comedy. listening to you two. This this is this is a strong pitch. I want to be a comedian now. You could just road trip also. What are the benefits like? Here's what you do. Sell Kirby vacuums. Sell Kirby vacuums. <laughs> yeah, you'll go all over the country. You go door to door. Yeah, you could be in the circus. But, there you travel too. But yeah, uh, but similar with what you're saying in terms of like, yes, yeah, stuff that they have that's because like one of the one of the I don't know, the things that's just stuck in my craw forever is that um just the as the old line goes, we um, we make our own history, but but not from the circumstances of our own choosing, or however the hell that that line goes. The fact that uh, um, that great line, yeah, just but the, no, just the the, uh, the historical peculiarities meant that a lot of the um, 
a lot of, I guess, you know, just American leftist resurgence in at least in the media space just happened to pop up in, in, in you know, in you know, originating in and around fucking Brooklyn and in and around like kind of media spaces and like and like podcasts and such. But the kicker is, is that in it and. But it's also where even it's also like where like you know well, yeah one of the biggest like DSA chapters is and also where like a lot of people from DSA National are in and um, I think one of the things that I always had was kind of a thing of like yeah I don't think that there's I don't know there's something there's something uh, really I don't know that kind of will kind of backfire when you have like a lot of people like prominent folks who are also like in and around the um, it's like you you know in and around like the social media fueled media swamp that is Brooklyn and Manhattan and it's like you and it's like which is really good for like you know brand building and whatnot not necessarily for say you know building a mass movement because it's kind of a it's kind of a contradictory I mean aim. I don't think podcasts should be tasked upon with building a mass movement honestly that's that's kind of a standard that uh I think a lot of there's sort of a, a spectrum right now in like podcasting between like stuff that's supposed to be for entertainment and catharsis and stuff that's like about organizing for organizers, you know, and the idea that like all media must be um, part of building a mass movement is one that I kind of I mean, obviously, for means TV, that is part of our goal, but I think it's a unique one. <laughs> Hmm. I don't think it should be every podcast goal to like yeah. help build a mass movement. Someone's got to talk to the rich people. That line you're describing is invisible, so it's so often like hard to pin down. And within like shows that are extremely broad, there are like like on my show there are some episodes I make that are like this. You know, this is supposed to be educational, and it's supposed to benefit you know, something like organizing. And then there's shit that's dumb as hell and is purely entertainment. And, um, doesn't build a mass movement. And the one thing we don't want to do is go the episode where I got high and talked about detective Pikachu is important for the movement of socialism. You know what? You mean the episode, um, you mean the episode we recorded where we all had way too much to drink and talked about pet cemetery for like two hours. <laughs> wasn't, uh, yeah, you know, that's di- the one. didn't contribute. Yeah. I was yeah, sober for that. Um, but to a further extent, yeah, I mean, we really shouldn't fall into this pit, this pitfall of uh, of expecting media to reverse engineer society. It's a very American thing to think, and a very like Especially very liberal with thing to think. Towards propaganda, like everybody's like, okay, propaganda is bad, even when it's for stuff I like, you know. Yeah. And openly saying I'm making propaganda for socialism is like something I think people should kind of embrace more people have this idea that like you know only russians do propaganda yeah. but like our propaganda is just you know more effective psychologically but less good design wise yeah i mean it's just a tool it's a neutral thing and to use it for good is is a thing that everyone in you know in political society does all the time anyway those fucking aoc ads were were propaganda yeah, you, you know can call it marketing but right. it's propaganda yeah yeah, that's the uh, that's the real trick is like you know, uh, agitation and propaganda, and it's a um, in, I think it's it's one of those things that the that the guys in citations needed would talk about you know a lot in. R.I.P. Wait, are they still? They're, wait, they're, are they? Wait, <laughs> did they kill? Wait, did they didn't they didn't uh, crash their show? Did no, they? No, I'm so sorry. No, I was thinking of Mike Dicta. Oh, okay, yes, yes, R.I.P. Mike Dicta, which has reemerged in a couple in has um, through the dialectic emerging in yet new forms. Everything's getting rebooted. Yeah, even Mike Dicta. The uh, but at least inside where they where they talked about how like yes the uh, that propaganda is a thing that uh, you know. What the American government, you know, it's kind of it's it's a thing that only other uh, you know that only other bad people do, you know. Never, you know, right. it's like the Voice of America. That's no, that's just spreading freedom across you know Western Europe uh, from World War Two yeah. on. How could how can that possibly like be you propaganda? See, you know, everyone's seeing those like kitschy Victory Garden posters from World War Two that say "Don't waste food." Like that's what propaganda is. What it yeah. looks like. Propaganda isn't always bad. It's not always telling you to do stuff that's bad. But like. There's no way to get the message. You got to get the message across. Yeah, and I appreciate what you're saying about Brooklyn and Manhattan being, you know, a place where the, the entirety of the thing can't get done because what's going on there is you do have people that work in media and have a lot of the like uh reachable uh, networking sort of tools and uh a lot of the stuff is bubbling up out of there, but you know, that can't be the end all be all of a movement it's just got to be a component and there is a thing that i think is common to maybe i'm being cynical maybe i think it's a generational thing or maybe i think it's a like an american thing honestly because we're so obsessed with culture and entertainment we're like you know to make a, a movement you need all these different 
types of people. It's like um, making like a, a a team for an RPG. You need like a healer and a fighter, and yet it's et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right? One of the things we need is the cultural aspect. Kind of seems like everybody wants to be the cultural aspect, and that's yeah. kind of a problem, right? And I say that because someone uh, told me, someone pointed out to me recently that I think Chapo Trap House has more subscribers than the DSA has members, which that sounds. I, I mean. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, tweet at me if it's untrue. I, it's, a friend of mine uh, pointed it out to me recently, but I don't have the statistic on hand. But regardless, if that's true, that does point out that, like, you know, there may be a little bit of a maybe a little bit of an imbalance where we're just putting a little bit too much stock in the cultural stuff because that is like the currency that we all deal with. It is maybe a little bit harder to get people to just go out and do the boring organizing and stuff. Um, I said as somebody who does the cultural shit, so like, you know, guilty as charged or whatever. But um, I don't know. I mean, these things should have like an interplay between them, though, right? Like, I I really think like once you get into the left podcast space, um, it is very easy to forget how little the culture at large actually thinks about this particular subculture. Yeah. yeah. As you know, like it really, 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 really barely registers on the national radar. Oh yeah. Barely. Yeah. Seriously. The and so it's like it's really. Um, and it's not to say that none of these discussions are important or that none of this is important, but like, you know, talk is real cheap. We're doing it right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. This is how we uh, this is how we celebrate our Labor Day with, is just uh, sitting in the rooms talking to the mics. Podcasting. Yeah, that's that's what we do. Yeah. Podcasting is emotional labor. <laughs> this is a good promo though. Jake Flores says unsubscribe from Trapo Trap House. Well, and, I, and according good to their good episode title, <laughs> just yeah, post that. It's a, yeah, post that clip to uh, to Reddit and see what kind of uh, what kind of fun that result. Yeah, yeah, please do that. Yeah, please do that, especially while Jake is staying in my home. <laughs> no, I like Chapo Trap House. Uh, let 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 me let me be clear. Let me put on my Obama voice and let me be clear. I am a big fan of Chapo. And you know, I think another like. One reason why there are perhaps as many or close to as many subscribers to podcasts like Chapo Trap House as there are to organizations like the DSA is uh, you can subscribe to Chapo from anywhere, but you can't start a DSA chapter anywhere. Very you true. know what I mean? You can be in the middle of fucking nowhere, a town that doesn't even have 10 other people, let alone 10 other socialists, and then you're just like, you want to be engaged in this conversation, and the only way for you to engage in it is online or through podcasts. And like, if that's, if that's what you need, that's like great. I think that's what all of this culture is for. It's for people who can't join a chapter in a huge city and immediately meet a bunch of organizers like I did, you know? Yeah. The internet is a tool for us, you know? It's a big component. Whoa, theme. Tools. <laughs> the internet is the new tool album. <laughs> it, um, God, I, I just... No, I, I don't even know enough uh, tool album names to come up with with a with an appropriately terrible pun off that. You could, maybe you can think of one later, and you can record it, and then you can cut it in. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, you can do that, man. If you're going to edit this podcast, you might as well. Yeah, that's true. I, uh, I did. I tend to over edit these things anyway. But I, and I did check the numbers. Yeah, okay. they currently have about thirty k just pa- uh, patrons alone. So uh, not not just subscribers. So that's, that's uh, not as many as the DSA though. No, D- uh, DSA is like what we somewhere between like I don't know fifty odd. Fifty. Yeah. I I think it was uh like iTunes subscribers, not patrons. Because uh, that's obviously a bigger number. Yeah. But either way, I'm referencing something a guy from another podcast said, so And no one listens to podcasts. Don't hold me to it. To continue on this vaguely vaguely meta uh topic, what is the relationship between, you know, media and podcasts versus like doing you know, the slog of actual politics? Because yeah, as you said, everybody wants to do the cultural part of that because the cultural stuff is fun. It's like hey you can make shit and, you know, record things and edit it together. You don't have to actually like say slog door to door through weather with a clipboard or a couple people or, you know, sit through meeting you know, meeting after meeting trying to argue trying to uh trying to um to bang these things out. What was the question? Um, our, <laughs> I guess what what would you consider the the relationship between much more of of actual like on the ground you know in real life politics stuff and and the I don't know uh, the media stuff about you know the the media the creative bits about uh, the politics stuff is like you know our politics. Our- I think they're just I think they're just parts of the whole. You know I, I think cultural stuff is as necessary as any other part of it. 
it doesn't it's not it can't be the whole thing you know it's just like it's one one arm out of five they're both good because they're both very accessible to like individual working people that want to start this right there's a barrier to entry with other media which is probably why there's a lot of like socialist podcasting because if you're yeah and if you're somebody who has a point of view that's like anti-imperialism guess what you if you, you might pursue a career in the arts but you're not going to end up on fucking nbc or something um but you can make this stuff, you know, makeshift at home. Um, and people like it and people want it, you know? People like having radio when they want it. Yeah. Um, I guess, okay, here's what I'm getting at. Um, that's all true of this and that's what's good about it. And that's why it's a component in all of this. But I, you do, and this probably won't be a problem if you, like, you know, are a good leftist and you do the reading and stuff and you uh, get your, you know, basic theory down real good real solid at the beginning but you know people don't people do dive in and and sort of do a little cosplay when they uh, first become radicalized and um and you still maintain some liberal ideas it's important for us to talk about the limitations of this media stuff and this cultural stuff because some people even though they're marxist do fall into the pitfall of neoliberal bullshit in thinking that the art is the weapon that the stuff we're making like is actually political action and not just like this component we're talking about. Yeah. Right. The whole like standups are these like sacred truth tellers. Yeah. Or like the fucking, uh, you know, this, uh, diversifying of Marvel characters is somehow affecting society. That's a very liberal idea that we all understand sucks, right? Like lady, uh, Thor or whatever is not really going to be a feminist action in right. any way. Representation can mean something and in these contexts it means very little except the continual expansion of capitalist feminism yeah so i don't know it's something to keep in mind i i I don't see it happening a lot but i think it's possible that like you know a culture of leftists comedians and podcasters could you know eventually delude themselves into thinking that that is the fight and uh and then not and then it was just it just stops us from actually getting any of the actual work done but um i don't know but i think maybe i'm giving people too much credit but i don't think it's a huge problem in podcasting i think everyone's pretty aware of what we're doing podcasting has any problems i think it's a perfect medium it's it's perfect it's nothing problematic has ever happened on a podcast it breeds very healthy uh healthy social relationships very healthy um mental (laughs) relationships and sense of self you know can i say something kind of related to this i've been thinking about this a lot before um I am very pro podcasting because it is accessible and it is a thing you can do um, if you you know have a few hundred dollars and a thing you want to make and podcast on a phone. It's uh, it reminds me a lot of um, like when indie rock first happened, where people were going like. Um, it was a reaction to the fact that it you, you had to be royalty to be a classic rock musician, essentially. You went, hey, we'll make our own thing, right? Well, something similar happened media, medium-wise with podcasting. Um, and I think it, it probably is posing somewhat of a threat to the right people because you'll notice very bougie, liberal, uh, professional managerial types are suddenly really against it. So there's like this, you know, there's the fucking jokes on Twitter of like, it's all white men. And what are, what are, what's a group of white men called a podcast? Uh, the other day, the fucking founder of, uh, mother Jones just sort of like went off about the privilege of, you know, podcasters or whatever. And, uh, that shows you that, that something we're doing is pissing those people off, which is good because they're coming from the other direction, which is they have this little, you know, this little hegemony and um and it's based in a capital interest threatening me yeah and uh i think that's good (laughs) i think it's good that we're pissing off mother jones these 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 damn punks don't even know how to play their instruments all right (laughs) you've convinced me i'm going to start my own podcast bad sound quality is praxis (laughs) yeah Sorry, Jacob. You had you had a, you had a comment. You've convinced. I'm gonna, me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna smash a Zoom quarter at the end of this. <laughs> the Zoom recorder. <laughs> not the not the Zoom. My 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 Zoom H4N. That's the uh, that's a weapon of the revolution. <laughs> yeah. That's like a fucking New Yorker cartoon. This is a guy like a you know a bearded guy, fucking Joe Kesskold, holding up a, an H4N. And oh, it's just the fucking hammer and sickle, but yeah. with like 
some bullshit you got from Guitar Center. I'm going to make an enamel pin that's a Zoom H4N. It'll sell really well. I'm going to throw that into a well. You'll buy one. Yeah. In a either a Shure 58 or a Shure uh, SM7B. <laughs> both of which I'm, both of which we're, we're currently talking on you. I'm rocking the we're rocking the PGA 48 over here. Uh, that's also a great one, uh, Jacob. You had, Jacob, you had a comment. I'm gonna start a podcast. I'm inspired. All right, there you go. The podcast. <laughs> Congrats. Uh, what, are, but, but, what are we doing? <laughs> so far, we've inspired these people to do stand up and start podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're we're the worst. Hey, it, it, you would 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 you would you prefer we go back to uh, <laughs> taking improv classes again? Um, no. Oh, okay. Good point. <laughs> no, this is a really good lateral move. <laughs> The uh, although the once although the comment on the uh, point you're making earlier, yeah, it was like in terms of like mistaking goals, but it was yeah, it was kind of a, a lot of f- people confuse uh, confuse the tools with the goal. It's like the, the thing you the, you know the process you use to improve yeah. thing is like okay, well we're using you know all right now this we're there. See we have this we were we're employing this process we're employing this tool. This is this is what we wanted. It's uh, what you know what more do you what more are you you know you um, you unrealistic pie in the sky leftists complaining about mm-hmm. jacob did you have any questions i'm trying to think of what to transition you guys have an agenda or an outline of some kind uh we did but we we've kind of uh, we've kind of scrawled we've all over it. it there's always a bit that where if we have time we ask people if they have anything that they want to uh like any like anything they, they want to recommend or endorse other people check out either whether you know whatever they've been digging on lately whether it's a like a pop culture thing or a movie or a film or a band or I mean, or uh, or show or whatever or book. The other kicker. That's a lot of options. <laughs> yeah, it's the usual. Hey, hey, what have you been? What have you been hearing that you want other people to know about? Signal boost. Hey, Joe, what do you like? That's the name of this podcast. Uh, I've I've got I've got uh, Chuck Klosterman pop culture brain disease. I could probably just unscrew my head and throw a million <laughs> things at you. Uh, Chuck Klosterman disease. <laughs> he can't stop watching television and writing about music. Yeah, yeah. Um, he can't stop writing about music. For decades at a time. Um, yeah. <laughs> Here's some shit I'm into. I'll start with leftist stuff and then just go into other territories. Um, I highly recommend this podcast called Red Menace. If you are looking to sort of um, uh, supplement reading really thick political texts, Marx, Engels, Hegel, stuff like that. Um, Red Menace is really cool. I, I binged it on the way out here from New York, and um, it got my brain feeling good, like I had learned stuff, which is Does probably it good. Philosophy? I'm sorry? Like, it's, is it political philosophy, or is it like history? So it's Brett O'Shea from Rev Left Radio, which is another big left podcast, and um, and his co-host, I cannot remember her last name, it's Allison something, but they start a project where what they do is, and I think this is a good function of the podcast medium, they spend a long time making notes and dissecting and analyzing, like, various texts that are foundational to all the stuff we're supposed to understand and then they just do an audio thing where you can listen to it while you're at work or whatever because you work a million hours a week and you're in the gig economy and you don't go home and dust off a large Marx book and sit there and read gigantic pages and grow a huge beard because no one has the fucking time right Um, only you Jake (laughs) only me only now that I've got uh, Patreon at Yang UBI I have a (laughs) Achieved UBI through Patreon, and I'm living the life that Andrew Yang nationalized made. Patreon. Frankly, there's yeah, a finally, yeah. finally, you know, Andrew Lang- Andrew Yang's dream has come true for a few select souls. Yeah, and I am it, which is why you should not vote for Andrew Yang. <laughs> Take one look at me. The experiment has been uh, experiment is a failure. Yeah, yeah, but um, I really like stuff like that, and um, I recommend that one. I also have been listening to a lot of punk music. Uh, in particular, like kind of grown up pop punk, which is um important distinction oh, to make. Shit. I really like Long Island pop punk. Like Reviver is a really great band. If you don't know them, they're from um, Reviver is from Long Island. I thought they were from Olympia. Oh no, sorry, they are from Olympia. I was crossing them with the scene of like Ladderman and all that shit. Oh, okay. Um, maybe maybe I'm getting this wrong. Jeff Rosenstock's another person that's kind of in that world that I'm pretty into. Um, 
I've been thinking about this music a lot lately because it's uh it's good because pop punk was bad. It was bad because it was grown men being sulky about the fact that they, you know, women wouldn't fuck them. But the music was good. Sonically, the guitars were good. Problematic, but extremely rockin'. So we grew up that generation, or at least people that, that listened to that shit growing up. And now we're making better versions of it that have better points of view and lyrics and stuff like that. And frankly, better instrumentals. And we got rid of the angsty... And we got a little more self-aware. Yeah. And so There's I, self-aware pop punk now. Do you guys I know really, that? I really like it. Do you like I, Houseboat? Um, yes. I fucking love Houseboat. Yeah. What have you been listening to? Uh, I, honestly, lately, I've been listening to a lot of Sun Ra. I'm in a, I'm in a weird, like, a jazz instrumental kick. Okay. Sun Ra and uh, Ann Peebles. Um, yeah. I'm a Chaka Khan and um, Lucinda Williams. That's what I've been listening to. <laughs> cool. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, Spotify has really opened up my world, man. I, <laughs> me and that algorithm, we're good buds. Um, I've, I've found a lot of stuff I like. I've, I also like, you know what I found? Fucking some really good Persian pop music. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. There's this, uh, there's this one um, singer called Arash. I think he's like in Sweden. Like all the Persian pop singers that have crazy videos are in Sweden. There's yeah. like a bunch of like Persian pop stars in Sweden. So they can make like sexy videos that you can't make in Iran. So, but they make it and they release it for expatriates in Sweden and it's like a fucking economy Whoa. and there's like channels full of these Persian music videos and they play them at Persian restaurants sometimes and you're like who are all these it's like when you watch British television and you're like these people are all famous all right. <laughs> you, know? like, <laughs> you find out about a foreign culture um, yeah all six anyway. actors that Britain has and they show up in each other's stuff again and again yeah it's super weird you're like oh that guy again you know and now I know all the actors in Britain anyway uh, Arash has some bops That'll be that'll be my recommendation. Cool. Oh, great. You had a list though. Go on. Um, I just watched Frida, the um, the biopic where uh, Selma Hayek plays Frida Kahlo. Highly recommended. Yes, I'm plugging a movie from the '90s or some shit. <laughs> it was really good. Um, I did watch Detective Pikachu. I was not joking. I do recommend it. Did you like it? I was really enjoyed it. I thought it was really funny. All right, I'll watch it. <laughs> I would smoke a mountain of marijuana before you do that. Great. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really good. I really want to go see The Farewell. I'm not. I'm not recommending it because I haven't seen it. I'm just saying I want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't hold me to this. Um, they're okay. Actually, hold on. I have some good shit. Um, I've been listening to a lot of stand up because I've been like getting into writing mode and like trying to crank out some new stuff. So I've been trying to listen to material, to you steal. know, just to just to completely rip off <laughs> from less famous comedians than famous, not less famous than me, but not famous in general. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I but I've been listening to a lot of shit and um, I have some wrecks. I. I think L.A.'s own Megan Keister may have made my favorite album. It was great. It's, I was at one of those tapings. It's so fucking good. It's so subversive and funny and like... And you know what's crazy? She did a fucking slideshow. Yeah. There's like a album. whole visual element. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a good... What a, just what a fuck you to... And it's funny both ways. Yeah, no, it's really funny. She kicks ass. I'm sorry? How does a slideshow come across on Spotify? It it doesn't really. It doesn't. That's what's amazing is like having seen it with the slideshow. I'm thinking about it without the slideshow. I'm like, oh, it's still funny. The slideshow was was supplementary. She's kind of uh, like an abrasive. Like she's like, you know, there's a lot of fuck you in her point of view, and so I think that kind of is part of the joke. Megan, like me, is very angry. Yeah, I don't know her at all, and I'm kind of afraid of her, but I respect her art a lot. <laughs> um, I also. I also listened to Eddie Pepitone's album In Ruins, which he put out in February of 2015. Sounds like a Blink-182 album. It is crazy. Um, he's a, he's an old, screaming, uh, hilarious man. And uh, his, well, Folks, if you haven't yet, watch his documentary. I think it is called The Bitter Buddha, isn't it? The, the Bitter Buddha, yes. The Bitter Buddha. Stephen Fine Arts. The reason I'm specifically recommending people listen to In Ruins is because he put it out in February of 2015 and I listened to it recently and realized 
that he predicted the Trump presidency with that special. Whoa. I he the shit he was talking about was so prescient and no one paid it any credence at the time because he was he's a crazy old he's man. Crazy old man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so mind blowing. Old to listen man yells to. at Cloud and then Cloud became president. Yeah, and like it's so mind blowing to listen to with that in mind because not only did he re- like release it in February of 2015, which is far before Trump was really ramping up, it's a special. So he was working that material out for you know the year before that. So this guy was like probably as early as 2013, 2014. This guy watched The Apprentice and was like, he's going to be president. He watched The Apprentice and was like, there's the the manufacturing base has gone away in this country. <laughs> <laughs> and he fucking wrote it into jokes. And it's my favorite special now. Um, so check that out if you like comedy. Also, he'll be uh, touring with some buddies of mine up uh, coming coming up soon. So you can also check him out live. Why am I plugging Eddie Pepitone's material? Watch me live too. <laughs> <laughs> go see Eddie Pepitone. See me if you can, but definitely go see Eddie Pepitone. <laughs> um, please do come see our shows. Uh, they are um, Friday, September thirteenth, in Portland at the Social Justice Action Center. That's the anarchist fundraiser one. And then uh, on the fourteenth, we are at. Um, my show, High Priestess, at the 21st Street Kitchen and Grill uh, at like 7.30. And then at 10, we're on the Gateway Show at the Funhouse Lounge. And Jake has to get high at that show. And he doesn't get high. So <laughs> yeah. hijinks will ensue. Have either of you been in Portland yet? Yeah, oh, yeah. Many times. I haven't been in 10 years. And I look forward to doing battle with the Pacific Northwest. I think you dig it. Yeah. The, the, the S-Jack... Uh, the the place uh, the the social justice action center is a place where we've had many 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 a meeting. It used to be an anarchist run coffee shop that just kind of like the the group that running it just kind of like quit I guess or dissolved and so it's now just kind of like is it is that Firebrand? No, I don't think so. It's it's it used to be called the Red and the Black. It was a different one. Yeah, it's okay. No, that wasn't it. That's dope though. Yeah, man. And there's one in Santa Cruz too. There's like a La Rosa Negra in Santa Cruz, and there's like. Bike Church in Santa Cruz. Oh, no, Sub Rosa in Santa Cruz. Sorry, not La Rosa Negra. Um, yeah, La Rosa Negra, yeah. which is, is uh, yet another podcast, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of things. Uh, yeah, and then um, Arcata is is a little crazy. I'm looking forward to... I'm going to make Jake hug a redwood. I'm going to make him hug a tree. <laughs> I'm going to get you to the fucking mystery spot or Question Mountain or whatever. Those weird spots in the mo- woods where they say there's like ley lines or whatever. I'm going to resist becoming a fucking I'm gonna make Jake beam crunchy the fuck up. freak while I'm up there, but it'll probably happen. Uh, Jacob, did you have anything to uh, recommend or anything to endorse? Or? No, I've been reading a lot about serial killers lately. But most of the stuff I've read is pretty much lurid trash. Gotcha. And I don't want to recommend the serial killers because I feel like that would be in poor taste. So I think I'm just going to pass. Okay. Yeah. One of these days, I think I <laughs> wanted to. I think I was talk, talking to uh, talking talking like online with like Sean KB from Antifada about doing a show of how like 80s and 90s edgelordness is now kind of like curdled and gone just full on like fashy and like in the modern era and. Uh, mm. And what, cause That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, because it, it, it's one of those things, like Boyd Rice, or all those people, or like all like the Death in June people who are like, uh, am, I, am I a Nazi? I don't know. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. <laughs> it's kind of, and, but it's a thing where now it's a. Uh, and there's even like there's even interviews with like, Trent Reznor now talking about how because he's now a, he's now a fifty year fifty something year old dad looking at and tra- thinking mm. about you know as opposed to like who he was you know as a twenty two year old like you know uh, shit poster in nineteen eighty nine or something but yeah. the, and I think the timeliness is of it is that is the the top of like guys you knew there's almost always guys you knew who were really into Manson because like that was like the topic for like the longest time that 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 it was like an, it was like a preferred edgelord thing and, like people who were like, kind of like really crazy into it and but almost and it's one of those things where even now it's there's a um, things have kind of degraded to the point where the walls between something that you, you know somebody could be just kind of curious about and maybe some like social currents that that starts feeding into uh, are not the most um Let's just say that that, that that wall isn't there anymore. Or the, or the algorithm is actively working to dissolve it. Yeah, that too. Then, yeah, at this point, we're always having to, you know, we're not, <laughs> at some point we have to, def- which is going to be harder to defeat, capitalism or the algorithm? I'll let you, the viewer, decide. 
the a uh, couple things I'll, I'll I'll recommend really quick. There's a there's a band out of Seattle called kind of a, an odd mix of like they're like they're an indie band, but the uh, the vocalist is very it was almost like like uh, full on like just you know heavy or, uh, instrumentation indie band, but the vocalist is like straight on like pop punk vocals, which is kind of just just seems incongruous but they're called dog breath and they have a uh, new song coming out because they're out they're out they're going through on a tour and their album's coming out uh just call, uh, the song is called when you call my name which is a great almost like paisley underground like power pop uh plimsolls type like uh o- like open uh open chord chiming guitars and a lot of chorus stuff it's uh it's very good i will play a little bit of it now <laughs> when you call And um, a podcast, I don't think I've recommended this one, but there is a uh, similar, let's just say this is kind of the an interesting accompaniment to Red Ninnis. Is, it is certainly a way to learn uh, historical thing, learn in uh, in quotes historical figures, but it's actually kind of done by two uh, self uh, self described doofuses. There's a show out of Austin uh, some of you probably know about called "I Learned Nothing" by hosts. Oh, oh, yeah, that's I've been Ben's. on it. I love those guys. That's one of my favorite podcasts. Yeah, that's a really good podcast. Ben and Pat are very, very, very funny. Ben and Pat, and the the, the premise is Ben who. Uh, Ben, who did who did go to Princeton for uh, for a philosophy undergrad, uh, and yeah, Pat, no. who did not, and uh, yeah, for the and it's kind of and so the whole point is Ben has to explain a concept. You know, for the for those of you in the audience who haven't heard it yet, it's, Ben has to explain a concept or a philosopher to Pat, and Pat kind of refuses to learn. And in fact, we're, <laughs> we're much like a um, not Stephen Glass. Um, wait. We Stephen, I can't remember, but that's like certain like, kind of like certain uh, podcast meeting guests will deliberately refuse to learn and or kind of will will happily like grab the wheel and yank right in the middle of a conversation. So at one point they'll just get on and just start talking about like Austin shit. Oh, or so, like mm-hmm. my job, something like that. Yeah, that's yeah, a great podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's it is a lot of fun and it's uh, it's R.I.P. to the Lanalax Corporation. Did you guys? Uh, that is uh, another podcast that Pat is on. Did they? Uh, did, oh, did they finally end that? Did they? What? Did they? How, how did? I mean, how the hell could that show have ended other than they just got tired of doing it? Because it's not like they would would have run out of uh, run out of premise. Well, Aaron Brooks uh, moved to Los Angeles. Ah, all right. Well, that'll do it. It's the that's uh, the part. Of, yeah, we're so happy to have him. I'm so excited. Aaron Brooks is one of my favorites. Oh yeah, he's one of my favorite. He's comedians. coming here. He's here now. Oh yeah. Oh weird. I should go see Aaron Brooks. Yeah, we should hang out with Aaron Brooks before we go. Cool. Um, well, thank you guys so much for having us on. Um, my website is um, heysarajune.com, and we have uh, all the dates and uh, links to tickets on there if you want to buy tickets for anywhere. And I'm on Instagram at heysarajune, H-E-Y-S-A-R-A-J-U-N-E. That's also my Venmo. You can send me money if you want. Uh, Jake? <laughs> I'm at Feral Jokes on everything, and it, that's also my Venmo, and if we're doing this. Um, I'm always doing this, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's also my at on everything, and uh, my I probably mainly use Twitter, my uh, pinned tweet is all my tour dates I am doing another run after this so if you're not on the west coast but you're in like the middle of the country or in Texas I'm doing stuff in like Boise Look and out. Denver and Fort Collins all of the Denver adjacent towns I'm going to <laughs> and uh, and I'm also kind of constantly on the road so um, you know all my stuff is also on my website feraljokes.com it's an anagram for my name and obviously my main hub of what shit I make is as discussed pod damn America the gothic socialist podcast for you can hook right up to jake's brain through twitter you yeah can just click that follow button and you get a little a little wire yeah click it if you dare i guess um <laughs> click it and then block me it's what everyone else does um do not follow me <laughs> but uh yeah uh check out my show obviously my blog. It sucks. we have a patreon and all that bullshit um but we do it twice a week we make tons of shit and it's been really good and cool so you know you know that that's it those are my two things awesome uh jacob I should start a Venmo. 
Yes. You don't have a Venmo. Come I need on. a Venmo. All right. Well, I can be... Re- How can anyone Venmo you, sweetie? <laughs> That's a good point. I hadn't really considered that. I have that Cash App thing. Yeah, you should just post that. Yeah. I am at Jacob Mercy on Twitter, although I'm not really interested in talking to people. If you really feel the desperate need to get in touch with me, just tell a joke that convinces the FBI to come visit you and make the news and then just mention that you want to talk to me and then I guess we can talk. Such high standards. Yep. Interesting. Folks want to get a hold of us with any questions, comments, or suggestions for good Korean places to eat in Portland, email us at givingthemike at gmail.com. Because we are a podcast, we, of course, do have a Patreon, so feel free to help support us make this thing. We're at patreon.com slash givingthemike. As little as a dollar a month helps us put things out, and you do, among other things, you do get uh, early access to all the shows before everybody else can, so you can kind of lord your status over all the others. Why not? All right. Uh, last but least, but yeah, th- thanks again, uh, folks, for uh, for talking with us on on today. Um, yeah, this was great. Uh, we'll see you when you get up here. Uh, yes, see you at the shows. I hope. Yeah, hope so. It's uh, as far as I know, we should be there, and probably even probably even like drag a DSA. You don't have to go to all of them, but right? You know, you know there's yeah. a few. <laughs> but okay, thanks, guys. Yep. All right. Thanks and good night. Bye. Fungal rot, bacterial formation, microbes, enzymes, mold, and oxidation. I don't care. I've got a secret trick up my sleeve. I never bother with baggies, glass jars, Tupperware containers, plastic cling wrap. Really a no-brainer. I just like to keep all my flavors sealed in tight with aluminum foil. Never settle for less That kind of wrap is just the best To keep your sandwich nice and fresh Stick it in your cooler Eat it when you're ready Then maybe you'll choose A refreshing herbal tea Hmm, lovely Oh, by the way, I've cracked the code Figured out the shadow organizations and the Illuminati know that they're finally primed for world domination. And soon you've got black helicopters coming across the border, puppet masters for the new world order. Be aware. There's always someone that's watching you And still the government won't admit They faked a whole moon landing Thought control race, psychotronic scanning Don't mind that I'm protected cause I made this hat From aluminum foil Where I had this foil lined In case an alien's inclined To probe your butt or read your mind Looks a bit peculiar Seems a little crazy but someday I'll prove There's a big conspiracy